This week on Dynasty Domain, we're talking Dynasty Sleepers. So which guys with an ADP over 140 should you be targeting for your Dynasty team? I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. And Simon Denny. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Dynasty Domain. New theme song. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, I made it, so I'm kind of biased. Yeah, but what, kind of, what type of idiot makes that? I don't know. I'm sure people will roast it, but I don't know. I think it's better than the old one. Yeah. And I think it's better than just talking over a trap beat at the beginning. That may be the greatest catch I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> that was there awesome. Go. Very good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, just one of the new things we're going to be rolling out here for Dynasty Domain. We've got a couple more. Stay tuned on those. We'll be announcing those in the next couple weeks. It's a big an exciting time to be a Dynasty Domain fan. So we're happy you're listening with us today. We're going to start this week, uh, how we start all of our weeks, and that's with our trade scenario of the week. I said week three times. Nathan, you've got it for us. Let's hear our trade scenario of the week. All right. Well, our um, trade scenario of the week here starts with Team A getting three assets. That's a 2023 first, a 2024 first, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Team B getting Dak Prescott. Avery, I think um, we're together on this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily too much of a debate here. I think you're going to take Dak here. Um, you know, Jimmy G. I guess it is possible. It's more than possible that when he gets traded, and I notice I say when I do think Jimmy G. will be traded eventually, and I do think it's possible once he gets traded that he is worth a, a first, even a 23 first, because obviously there were people. You know, when Baker got traded, uh, that would pay 23 first for him. So I would say Jimmy G. Probably in that same boat. So that said, you know, we're talking Dak Prescott for three first, one of them a 24 first. The 24 first don't have a lot of value now anyways. But honestly, like with Dak, I mean, I, t- I, I talk about it a lot. I think Dak is shorted for kind of no reason because I think honestly he could, I mean, he can go up with any of those top QBs and he should be going early first round, mid first round in startup yeah, drafts. Absolutely. And people short him for some reason. He is an elite dynasty asset. Cornerstone, he is not that old and you're going to have him on your dynasty team for Longer than your dynasty league will probably last, if I had to guess, unless you're in a really good league like a dynasty domain yeah. league. So no, there is something funny about this that I I thought I'd just bring to light because on the esteemed keep trade cut, KTC, you know the we greatest. all know it, we all love it, an early twenty three first, a comparable when you put it in their trade calculator, one for one. Don't Dak Prescott. Oh my gosh. If you <laughs> you've got to be farting. No, I, I'm not. No, that's, I'm not. that's legit. Oh my yeah. gosh. If you use keep trade cut and like send it to me in a trade, I'm gonna be like, actually, that's actually. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything. I I yeah. can't. I can't even do it. And be like, this well, is... you guys reference keep trade cut on the show. Yeah, we are making fun of keep trade cut, and we use it oh to gosh. show how bananas people. Yeah, are. this is bananas. just bananas. This has been what this is what we've been talking about most recently all, all off season. Or it, it just. Just, I mean, that's just horrible. Stop. Ugh, stop. Uh, that's my thoughts. Though. I really do though think, though, if that is Jimmy G, if he gets a starting job, and that's like a top three pick in 2023, and, a, and you know, let's say it happens to be down the line a top three pick in 2024, you're not going to be hurting yep. like, oh, my gosh, I got ripped off. Um, but things have to go right. You know, imagine that's the team that – that makes a playoffs, but the playoffs both both years. Nah, 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 nah. You wish you had Dak. I'm not sure there's time. a scenario. Even like, I mean, Jimmy G's ceiling, like if he outperforms, even a first is is not two firsts. So I don't know if there's yeah. a scenario where I would it's, take. That. Yeah, it's interesting. the The team that took the Jimmy G and the two first side, as you would suspect, is the rebuilding team. They're seeking out first right now. That was, I think, their third 23 first that they acquired, and then Dak Prescott was. Acquired by a team who probably thinks he's contending, but I kind of thought out, time he out. was not let's, very Let's good. talk about this because I don't think people understand. Um, what are you going for when you're? What are you? What are you trying to get when you get twenty three firsts? What, I mean, what if you're rebuilding and you want a twenty three first? A what, QB that's better than Dak, that's not going to happen. You were trying to get a cornerstone, right? I don't understand why is why is Dak a a contending piece. Dak is not a contending piece. He's 28 years old. Dak is an elite dynasty cornerstone for any team piece. There is no certain situation. There is no certain build that fits Dak better than the other. You are taking Dak Prescott over any of the picks because Dak Prescott is a, is a sure thing. He's in a... I, 
the pick fever just goes to insane levels occasionally, and this is one of those cases because I'm not exactly sh- I, I'm not exactly sure why you would give up Dak for this. But if you're rebuilding, then keep your quarterback. That's your that's the first step to your rebuild. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's an Eagles fan. Who knows? Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know. When that they might like, be true. They, that might they be true, probably actually. like Dak even more, or not like him, but know how good he is. You know, because they get smacked by him quite often. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's a 49ers fan who watched Dak run the ball down the field in a, in a stupid way in the middle of a playoff game, and they're yeah. high on Jimmy G. Or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If, if there are more sure assets that you were getting out of this trade when you were trading away Dak, I'd be a little more. We'd probably be a little more sympathetic to the idea of giving up Dak, but I. He, <sighs> I'm just not I'm not buying it. These are probably going to be mid first as well. They're not going to be early. You're not going to be getting a top two wide receiver next year in 23, which are the guys that we're looking at. You're not going to get one of the top three quarterbacks. You're just not. It's probably going to be the 106, 107, yeah, 108, it's, it's, something like that. So, yeah, I you guys are so you guys are taking Dak there. Yes. Yeah. Once I thought about it. Yeah. In terms of. In terms of value and what you should be paying for Dak, that's actually a little bit of an underpay for Dak, but it's it's almost there. It is almost there. Yeah. In terms of value, I think I'm not doing that at all. I'm absolutely yeah. taking Dak. I, I'm not sure it's all. But I, in I, terms I, of picks, people are paying that. The, play the laugh a, track. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we, we got a new piece of equipment. We invested in a high-dollar board here at Dynasty Domain, and this thing has... Um, has sound effects on it that we can use, and I'm not definitely not going to overuse them because I would get on everybody's nerves to a point where it would be awful. But I might throw one in eventually somewhere. So they're just kind of they're kind of funny. Um, all right, let's let's go to our stupid sleeper of the word of the week because that oh man, there were a lot of contenders this week. Yeah. A lot, can several I, today. Can I give an honorable mention? Yeah, go yeah, for go it. for it. Jinx, <laughs> you owe me a kiss. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. I got an alert to my phone that said when you send a low ball and it gets accepted. Dot dot dot. And I clicked on it and it was the meme where uh, what movie is that from where the guy smile like starts smiling like in a crowd of people? That meme that's going around right now. Oh, I don't know. The one where his face yeah. looks like it's melting. Yeah, well it looks yeah. like it's CGI. Yeah. I don't know what movie it's from, so somebody's gonna tell me in the chat, but um it went to the meme of that guy and that was the whole post. I they sent an alert to my was it lock Livy? screen on a work day. That said, when your low ball offer gets accepted, in my opinion, that probably would have been my vote. But this one is extremely stupid too. So let's hear it, Nathan. This one's pretty bad. It says uh, hashtag Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill was on first take this morning, hyping up to a Tagovailoa, and once again calling him quote the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. <laughs> he even slipped in an f bomb. You mean he said? <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a bleep button on this board too. I think it's kind of funny, but. So yeah, uh, that is pretty stupid. Yeah, just That's pretty funny. I didn't even read it all the way. The, Tyreek didn't actually mean what he said in, until he said the f word. He he. I mean that, that he cussed, <laughs> and then it was the wait. Real you're deal. telling me a rambling, nonsensical human like Tyreek who just says whatever he is thinking, even when he's not thinking. No offense, Tyreek. We know you're listening. Yeah, he obviously listens to the show. But love he, the guy. He called us about two a couple weeks ago. We won't listen. You're telling me that that guy spouted an f-bomb and now it's in a big defense deal. of his oh wow i mean he must really oh my it. gosh he uh must, to yeah. a stock up let's go <laughs> this is the stupidest thing top the 12 I quarterback yep i can't do that man hashtag I, I, buy to a that is ridiculous through the roof what in am the i world? right <sighs> yeah so sleeper i i don't know we we shouted out sleeper on twitter today yeah we're very we're, we're very sleeper. big fans of sleeper especially we compared do. to underdog yeah. but you know honestly at this point I mean, they need to kind of get their crap together. Yeah, can they please update their ADP though? Jeez, oh, their the ADP sucks. is one of the, one of the bad parts, but um, but we yeah, still, I'm going to tweet them right now. Man, and ask them yeah, the alerts it. have gotten to be really, really bad. Yeah, there is also another one came out today. Said Algier could become Falcons starting running back. No shot. Well, no crap. Well, no crap. It's almost yeah, like there's no be, one else there. He's going to beat up Marcus Mariota as the start as the starting running back. That Falcons team, man, is going to be tough this year to watch. I bet. Yeah, sleeper, get your stuff together. Let's get to our episode today. So we we thought it would be good because we talk a lot about buys, we talk a lot about sells, we rank our top twelves, blah 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 blah. So we're always talking about the good, the good established cornerstone players in dynasty. 
one of the bridges that we haven't really crossed yet is is sleepers. And so we're going to consider a sleeper a guy that is being drafted um, past pick 140 in a 12-team Superflex. And obviously, you know our rules, 12-team Superflex, uh, 1.5 PPR for tight ends, 1 PPR for everybody else. And um, in this case, like I said, I I just think these are guys that haven't been covered in depth enough on our show. So we're going to give some shout-outs. Um, a couple of these guys, or a lot of these guys, are going to end up being rookies. But honestly, in a dynasty setting, like it's hard to find sleepers that aren't rookies. There just aren't that many of them. A lot of times, these sleepers are real guys we like that have just come into the league that are being drafted lower than we think necessary. So um, we're going to give it our best shot. You should tell us if you agree or not. So uh, get on and tell us on our locals page or on our Twitter page, and and we'll see how this all goes. But we've each got three here. Uh, we're going to go over them, and we're going to see and tell you who you should be targeting with some of those later even thirds and fourths in some cases uh, on your dynasty team. these are guys you can get for fairly cheap most of them and we think if you target them they have a great opportunity to outperform their adp or their adp jump 50 or more percent in the next calendar year so let's go ahead and talk about this so i'll start my first guy my first sleeper some people will say this isn't a sleeper but i absolutely think it is my first sleeper is Alec Pierce. Yeah, I know I'm going to get the uh, the homer. I know I'm going to get the homer argument here. I know Did y'all know we're Colts fans? Yeah, I mean the, everybody knows at this point. But here's here's kind of my here's kind of my thought process. Was I high on Alec Pierce before the draft? No, I wasn't. I'll admit. But at the same time, I was high on Malik Willis before the draft. That didn't turn out. Yeah, everybody that's true. was. So I'm not going to trust the dynasty community to give me my my rookie analysis it's just never worked out we historically we as dynasty players are terrible at doing this simon and nathan and i included we are not good at it we are not nfl scouts or we'd work for an nfl team at half the people in our leagues you are not nfl scouts or you would work for an nfl team yeah we're about uh, three for 15 on our uh, total predictions going into the nfl draft this year <laughs> so in the case of alec pierce and in the case of the indianapolis colts who we would know better than anyone, historically have a very good process for talent evaluation. And historically, Chris Ballard is a GM. Yeah, very, very, Campbell. very, very good draft results. I think that tells you pretty much all you need to know because a lot of the reports where they're going to see, well, is, is Christian Watson going to fall here? Is Sky Moore going to fall here? And they'll take the best of the two. Christian Watson went and Green Bay, they jumped up and took him. And Sky Moore fell to the Colts. And the Colts took Alec Pierce. And obviously, this is going to be a team build, team scheme type pick as well, because they wanted a guy to complement Michael Pittman in terms of being that big receiver, uh, having good hands going over the top. And I think they, I forget what they wanted to call them. I, I wanted to say the Twin Towers, but that surely wasn't what they said. Oh, so, please, no. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. But um, in terms of Alec Pierce, I Tom mean. Tom and Jerry. Right. Uh, you know, last year at Cincinnati, Cincinnati being a top five uh Football team last year, technically. I mean, they, they made the playoff, right? I mean, Ernie and Bernie. Will you stop? Uh, he had 884 yards last year um, on only 52 receptions. He averaged 17 Homer yards a catch. And, large. and he had, and he had, will you stop? And he had eight touchdowns. So, you know, in, in terms of production on a very good team, obviously his metrics are decent, I would say. Uh, his college dominator rating was 25.2%. Not that that means or makes or breaks anything, but it's just a note because we all use that stat a lot. Obviously, big body guy, 6'3", 208 pounds. But situationally, not only is a good drafting organization like the Colts looking at Alec Pearson saying, okay, we like this guy. We think this guy is second-round talent. And, and they mentioned they didn't think he would fall to them. So he obviously had really good workouts. Not only that, the Colts have a good situation for a wide receiver like that to step in there and produce. With him being as young as he is, twenty just turned 22, going into the NFL and coming on a team where he is immediately the wide receiver two on a team that is, yes, going to contend this year, a team that will make the playoffs this year. Call me a homer. I don't care. And Alec Pierce is being valued at wide receiver 58 on keep trade cut. I mean, it's just abysmal numbers for Alec Pierce. I think partly in... In partly because his name doesn't have two Ys like Sky Morris does. I, I just, being drafted behind guys like Alan Lazard, first of all, Alec Pierce is a better talent than Alan, Laz- Alan Lazard is. Alan Lazard is in a better situation with a better quarterback, I'll give you that, but this is Dynasty, so we're talking about sleepers long-term. 
I think Alec Pierce. He's being drafted. Alec Pierce is being is is behind Jalen Tolbert, and I like Jalen Tolbert, but that's ridiculous. And even draft capital situation, it's not close. The amount of respect that he's or disrespect that he's getting just because I don't know why is he? Because everybody wants to compare the white guys to Jordy Nelson. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean. Is he really being faded? He's going in the mid-second, and I get it's not a great class, but he didn't necessarily land in the most pass-heavy offense. Um, Oh, sure. He was not the most uh, polished receiver coming out of Cincinnati. He didn't have the best competition coming out of Cincinnati. He didn't, but, I mean, he still did a lot with, I don't know, him and Desmond Ritter kind of lit it up. Th- those two I mean, were a duo. Desmond Ritter is not exactly a guy that I'm like, oh man, Desmond Ritter really, he really, yeah. It's not like he not, really elevates his no, his he receivers does not. like, yeah. But no, but when I just look at in in Dynasty, so you're talking about a 22 year old rookie with upside and playing on a team with a good, decent quarterback at least being behind, he should not be going behind Jalen Tolbert. There's no way. He should not be going behind Rondell Moore. Uh, I don't know. I could see Jalen Tolbert. No, no, uh, I no, take no, no, him no, no, over no, no, Rondell Moore. No, no, no. Easy. No. Rondell Moore. Russell Gage in Dynasty? Seriously, guys? Russell Gage. It's a 22-year-old second-round receiver in a good organization. It's not like it's the Commanders. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, there there are just guys, and it's inexcusable for him to go. George Pickens is going 50 spots ahead of him. 60 spots ahead of him. That's... I don't like. That's don't, funny. Yeah, I, and that's funny. I don't like George Pickens, but I think most of us. Sky Moore, who was drafted behind Alec Pierce in the draft, is going seventy spots ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, that's the Patrick Mahomes effect. It's about uh, twenty and wide, we've seen 20 that wide receiver too. spots. So that's obviously that's my first yeah. guy. I think I just think he's being faded. I just don't. I, I mean, even even fantasy flock, like he won't even he won't say anything about Alec Pierce because, like I said, it's not Sky Moore and Sky Moore's Sky Moore is the sexy pick, and that's fine. But at the same time, I don't think you have to short Alec Pierce. He's stepping into a good he is stepping into a good situation. You could see him produce some this year. Yeah, yeah. He's and the second option. Exactly the second option. That's that's probably the best case you have too. Is there are a lot of a lot of guys here that are coming into crowded wide receiver rooms? I mean, George Pickens is is playing with Claypool and Deontay Johnson, who are and, more experienced yeah. there. And um, not to mention Pratt, Pat Fryermuth. Well, yeah, who and Najee Harris. And Najee Harris is yeah. a pass-catching back. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got even, I mean, I can get I can get faded for this and, and get a bunch of shade for saying this, but I, guys, Sky Moore, I, yeah, abso- you have a absolutely. bunch of experience going into there. Whether you like those receivers or not, you have Mikkel Hardman, Juju, and MVS, and Kelsey, who are... All they all have multiple, multiple years of experience. Yeah, and Clyde Edwards Alaire. And <laughs> shut Gosh. up. Gosh, no, it's we my should job. Have, we should have left you in Virginia. Um, yeah, it just it, it's interesting that uh, the, there, there's the opposite side too, where it's like, okay, you know what? Some people have a lot of interest in KJ Osborne because of Justin Jefferson commanding so much attention. Uh, same thing with Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now Michael Pittman isn't taking anyone by surprise this upcoming season. They, the, the best corners in the league on every team that they play are going to be to on up. Michael Pittman. Yeah, absolutely. And Alec Pierce is more than a capable receiver. And guys, don't forget Reggie Wayne um, is, is on staff He's, for the Colts this year. He pushed hard. He's their wider. He's Alec Pierce's Pierce. coach. Alec Pierce reports to Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne is going to be mentoring, training, yeah. coaching Alec Pierce. And, and so far, um, we've heard nothing but good things from from multiple sources, not even just cold sources, but multiple sources in the league talking about how impressive Alec Pierce has been um, in in practice. And so, I, I just think when it comes time, and Alec Pierce is producing and impressing, and he has, I think, he, and you know, I think he starts going next year. I think I could see him going sixth or seventh round startup yeah. drafts. Like I think he has that ceiling really? for sure. You should totally rank him ahead Absolutely. of Traylon Burks because yeah, Traylon can... Burks can't breathe. Right. Oh my god. No, I could see Alec Pierce being one of those guys who doesn't do great at the beginning of the year, kind of picks it up at the end of the year, has a couple eighty yard games, you know, and then as the off season moves further and further along, you see him get that hype train rolling, and then you're really glad you bought in early. Yes. I think some of the biggest production you could see from Pierce early on would actually be touchdown production yes. that would eventually go down as, be, his, his, as he becomes a better receiver. But all that focus is going to be on the big tight ends that you've got in Indy and Pittman. 
and yeah. then JT and Naheem Hines. Like Alec Pierce is going to be the last guy they're looking at on that field. And he's Matt probably going to—he's more than capable in the red more zone. Than he is—he is, he is extremely athletic. Uh, he can get up. He has good hands, regardless of what people say. He does have good hands, and he's going to—I think he'll be a weapon that the Colts are going to use in the red zone this year. I think they will use him this year. Yeah. So I think just be prepared for his ADP to jump up, and we'll just tell you we we were on board early, and and and. That's what we do here at Dynasty Domain. It but we like Alec. What we, do. We, we like Alec Pierce, though. So Nathan, uh, who's your first sleeper that you should be looking into in Dynasty? Uh, my first sleeper. We're, I'm going to move over to the running back position here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Kyron Williams. Um, Kyron Williams, I think, in terms of ADP, he's going right around where he should be. He's kind of a long shot. He's the currently the third running back option. In L.A., in a crowded offense, man, there there's just not much to go around anymore, and it's probably not going to get to him, um, especially with him breaking his foot earlier this offseason. He's going to miss probably all of training camp, probably the start of the season. Um, he had surgery. He's fine. But currently his ADP is uh, 215. He's going at the very, very end of the 18th round, running back 115 overall. Um, he he went uh, in the fifth round, which actually I think was a bit earlier than a lot of people expected. Um, in the dynasty community, which, you know, that doesn't really say much considering we were dead wrong on every single quarterback in this class. Um, he had he, he had an impressive amount of targets at Notre Dame this last season. It, it wasn't a butt ton. It's not like he was elite or anything, but he did have 50 targets, um, 360 receiving yards and 10.8 percent target share. So he's sort of that guy that, in my opinion, in terms of dynasty, um, I would be looking for him to maybe increase in value, sort of up to the uh, Daryl Williams, uh, or sorry, Daryl Henderson um, next season, that, that sort of area, because Henderson is approaching his final year on his contract. And he is almost, he's, he's about to turn 25 years old. Um, third round pick back in 2019, and he's kind of their Swiss Army knife. They use him like that when Cam Akers got hurt last season, but I don't see them paying him much, if anything at all, or really wanting him to wanting to keep him on board. I, I would bet they're going to want to stick with that new, fresh rookie contract where they're not paying Kyron Williams much. He can do what Henderson has been doing, and there's not much money left to go around <laughs> in in LA either. They have paid big money to Stafford, big money to A-Rob, big money to Cup, and the list goes on and on and on. They just re-signed Donald, who we thought maybe would retire. They're they can't afford to pay these mediocre offensive assets that can easily be replaced. And that that's that's uh, probably the biggest case I have for Kyron Williams is the contract situation for Henderson and his his ability and what he's shown in college. Yeah, I think I think as a pass catching back, you've definitely got something there with Kyron Williams. Um I think yeah, he I think you nailed it on the head here. It's he can fill the Henderson role on a rookie contract money wise. I mean that's that's big for a team that's trying to keep all their key pieces together. I think that's a, I think yep. that's a fantastic yeah. like argument for, you know. And this was somebody I think we talked about, and it was being talked a lot about a little bit before the draft in Zemir White. I think people kind of liked his skill set on Notre Dame, but the problem was people were elevating him to like early second, and and honestly, that is uh, in in, in a dynasty twelve team going in the early second, that was really really too much for me in terms of you know. He's got some upside, but at this point now, I think he's slid far enough to where, and he's in a good enough situation where I think we can, you know, say that he's a sleeper. At this yeah, point. and and don't expect him to end up being some crazy breakout guy like Elijah Mitchell or anything. His size is just, it's not sustainable for him to ever get to that point. Um, but there, there is a world where I mean, Acres can easily get hurt again. Henderson had some injury issues last year. He can easily get into that RB2 role in a hurry um, for the Rams this season. So just keep an eye out for him. He's he's worth a shot in the late rounds and startups, um, and he he's not expensive at all. Yeah, I like that one. Simon, who's your first uh, sleeper here? Yeah, I got it. Um, I really think these two guys have the opportunity to be the Javante Williams of this class, and uh, really one of them. <laughs> he, we've been seeing Stephon Diggs says he has similarities to Dalvin Cook. Shut up. So it's uh, James Cook and Rashad White. That's my pitch. Simon, no, I, I, I will I'm completely, kick you off this I'm show. completely trolling. I just wanted to say a, a, a piece on Rashad White and James Cook, and people, I, I legitimately saw something on Twitter the other day of someone saying 
they are this year's version of Javante Williams. Okay, timeout. That is that's stupid in itself. I, with that being said, I do value Rashad White and James Cook differently. I don't throw them into the same sentence, but for either of them to be compared to those guys, that is ludicrous. I do think Rashad White is actually going to be a decent yeah. option, but but yeah. that is ludicrous. That's horrible. <sighs> no, it's really don't, and dumb. don't say the 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 Cook name again on this show. We yeah, do not. I, I say will never say it again. I will never say it again. But I I do really have another running back. Um, on here, who was he was good in college? This guy, you know, unlike James Cook, um, <laughs> he, he uh, Tyler Beatty, um, who last year put up sixteen hundred yards, sixteen hundred in Missouri, so an SEC school, right? They're in the SEC, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Just yes, had sir. to make sure. Yeah. I didn't want to yes, sound sir. stupid. Um, but on well. seventy six targets, he had seventy six targets as well. I mean, that's pretty impressive. He had 18 total touchdowns, and he's coming into the Ravens' backfield, who, as we know from Sleeper's amazing alerts, just just told us this week that Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are on the puppy dog list. Boo. Yeah, so entering training camp, there's a really good chance that Tyler Beatty could come out of nowhere. I know he was a sixth-round pick, so there's got to be a red flag somewhere in his profile, right? But he was really, really dominant last year. 1,600 yards rushing, 18 total touchdowns on 76 targets as well, so 300 yards of receiving. Almost, I think he may have passed 2,000 total yards. Yeah. Um, Coming into the Ravens' offense, if he's able to play the first four or five games, you're going to see something similar to what happened to Khalil Herbert, right, where we saw him flash, and all of a sudden he's worth, a little something and and Beatty's going I don't even let me let me pull up the ADP I'm sorry I don't have it he's going 223rd right now through the DLF Superflex ADP so that anyone that has a chance to start at any point in the season at that point he he's going to win you some games based off of how low his ADP is because you're going to have that extra guy on your bench who might be putting up 12 15 points a game just like we saw guys do last year like Tyson Williams in the Ravens offense bad running back he was putting up like 12 13 points a game over the first few games of the year yep yeah he actually Beatty averaged he averaged six yards per Per carry carry last year which is that's pretty impressive I think some of that um I I heard a lot of excuses when it came to that and him being the offensive line mainly and how good they were, and, and blah, 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 blah. And honestly, I kind of just blew him off because I listened to a certain podcast, and all they did was just shred Tyler Beatty and talk about how he's not even that good of a football player. Oh, well, well, he went in the draft. Well, and and he has a chance, and, and really still, I, I mean, we love Dobbins, but technically it's still a wide-open yeah, running back room yeah. in terms of you know who's who's going to be backing him up and we'll probably get some fair shares. And, and I and I think we should just put a disclaimer here with these running backs because I'm going to do a running back for my next one too. But you know, obviously the red flag with these guys who are drafted like fourth round and beyond, the red flag here is that is like with Elijah Mitchell, there's not you know they don't have the draft capital to where they have to invest in these guys long term. So no. it's, it's hard to see them keep a spot. But so, we're not saying they're going to be this year's. Jackpot. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to be this so year's Javante Williams. It's just this guy is a sleeper. We could see his value in Dynasty going up quite a bit. And it should also be noted, you know, just because somebody is drafted in the middle of the fourth round doesn't mean that teams will not play them for that reason. If the, if teams get a star in the fourth round, I mean, they're not going to care where they were drafted. They're going to play the star. That is that is the truth. Like even though we look at draft capital as a way to analyze how much, how high or low a, a player's ceiling is, it's yeah. not necessarily indicative of what an NFL team is thinking thought process wise when they're looking at who they're going to play or not play or keep on the roster or resign. If if yeah, you know if Tyler Brady comes back, play and, Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. He I mean, it's a perfect yeah. example. And you know, well, well, he's the greatest. Well, yeah, whatever. But. Yeah, like I said, if Tyler Beatty comes out and puts up crazy numbers, what they're like, well, he's he was drafted in the in what the sixth round. Yep. So they we can't keep him. We get the Ravens won't keep him. I'm like, well, he's a good player. So sleepers can also mean that I wouldn't put I put don't put all your eggs in draft capital for sure. Anything else on on Tyler? No. Uh, nope. My next guy is going to be Zamir White. So I'll I'll keep the running back trend going. Uh, you know, Zamir White, he's going yeah fifteenth, sixteenth round right now. But but I think the main headline here is Josh Jacobs in terms of. You know, with Josh Jacobs, they obviously declined his fifth-year option. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, the Raiders are shelling out money for Waller. They're shelling out money for uh, Devontae Adams. They're going to have they paid they technically paid Derek Carr, although he's his contract is technically fake. It's an interesting one if you look into that. Um, 
obviously they've got to keep things get together on the defensive side of the ball. Derek Carr's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, oh gosh, man, I don't even get me started on that. Would you say that, Nathan? No, no, no that's yet. what Devontae right, Adams good. said. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, oh, another rambling wide receiver <laughs> spouting. Yeah, he said it's, it's hard to make adjustments when you're going from one Hall of Famer to another that. Hall of oh. Famer. Yeah, okay, yeah, we can't. Sorry if we don't give these wide receivers credibility when they're saying um, these stupidest things. They are being nice. Yeah. Yeah, at least they're not trashing sure. their new quarterback. Correct, Robbie absolutely. Anderson. You could put, yeah, there you go, yeah. Robbie Anderson. Um, so with Zamir White, obviously he was a fourth round pick, and but the main thing here I think is that he was the better back at Georgia. He was better. I mean, agree. By absolutely, far retweet. He, he was he was the better back, and and honestly, this is a James Cook tweet, and yeah. and, and why James Cook was elevated above Zamir White to the extent that he w- obviously draft capital says something too. Obviously, the you know the Bills they're going to build their whole offense around James Cook, and he went at what the end of the second, right? James yeah. Cook. So you know probably forty picks before this, the draft capital argument is a fine one, but honestly, I think part of the reason that Zamir White didn't see that draft capital is because the opportunity, while somewhat there, wasn't to its fullest potential with the presence of James Cook. Obviously, being James Cook is at least capable. So in college, you're going to see both of them. You're going to you know you're going to limit. Zamir White and what he's able to showcase. While with James Cook, I really think you know what you're getting. James Cook was able to produce some in college, just not, you know, at a level that I would consider to be an elite prospect. Uh, but in terms of Zamir White, like I said, he's currently going like in the 15th, 16th round, and he's being rated as the running back 43 right now. And this is a guy to where if the Raiders decide they want to go with upside and cheap contract, this guy could step into the Raiders starting running back position next year. A team that, historically, they do fairly well in fantasy football with running backs. The running backs there for the last, I think, seven or eight years, have ten, have, they tend to produce. They just, they do. And, and Josh Jacobs has been no exception to that. And I think Josh Jacobs will be a good get wherever he goes. But if it's not the Raiders, like I said, this is a guy who could be, dra- is being drafted in the 16th, 15th round, could jump up to even eight or nine because he is going, if he ends up being a starting running back in the NFL. And in terms of, you know, Talent and thing like that, things like that. I mean, the size is is fine. He's he's six foot two fifteen. Um, he's got a BMI of twenty nine, so there's no red flags there. He's only just about to turn twenty three. Uh, he obviously played an elite offense in Georgia. Uh, he had a decent college dominator rating for splitting carries and splitting snaps with with James Cook. Um, you know, the target share not fantastically super great but at the same time you know that was not his role in that offense and whether or not he has that skill and can carry that skill into the nfl i think is yet to be seen but in terms of running the ball he definitely was a better talent i think than um than james cook and he like he was a five-star prospect coming out of high school um and honestly he he to me, he's a better option than, than than Cook, especially at price. But in terms of where I think they might be drafted next year, I think there's a good chance that uh, James Cook disappoints. Is that shocking to anybody? Uh, I think there's a good chance that the Raiders move on from Josh Jacobs and, and move on to Zemir White, and all of a sudden he's worth a lot more. He's definitely a good handcuff to have in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, that's a we, – we touched on, actually, Z- Zemir and Jacobs last uh, week when we talked about stacks a little bit. I think um, one, one of the – common denominators we've seen here are, are rookies and rookies that are are backing up a lot of uh, top assets or at least mid-grade assets that where injuries could happen and they will come in as replacements and for Josh Jacobs specifically I, I kind of wanted to touch on him real quick but he was a first round pick back in 2019 and he's still 24 years old yes. and he's not pushing 25 he's uh he'll be 25 after this season. So the Raiders declined his fifth year option and with his draft capital and the success that he's shown um, in the Raiders offense the last three years, um, I I really think that there will be other teams in the NFL that would want to invest in him um, as a running back for a few years. And he he could be uh, quite a value even after his time in Vegas, I, yeah, I especially agree. with the stacked offense, he may get less opportunities this year. His production may take a little bit of a dip just because they could become more pass heavy with uh, Devontae Adams on the team now. But uh, don't don't give up on Jacobs after this season. 
Absolutely just because they not. gave up on his fifth year option. And obviously, you know, I it just doesn't look like it doesn't seem like it doesn't look like that will work out between him and the Raiders. And so that's but like I said, Jacobs is anything when I think when it comes to his time next offseason, he could end up being a good buy. I think he'll slide down some rankings. Yep. So um yeah. yeah, I I like Zamir White more than James Cook and I'll never change my mind on that. So yeah, Nathan, we need we need to tweet that actually. Yeah. Simon, you wanna tweet to tweet that out? Nathan, who's your second guy? Uh, my second guy, I'm going to uh, move away from rookies here a little bit. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver rankings that we got here. And we're going to talk about Brian Edwards a little bit. I was a Brian Edwards truther last year, man. I loved the guy uh, going into his, gosh, I, I think he was his second season last year. Or Had was to he, be, was yeah. he, he wasn't a rookie last year. Yeah. Um, he he's only 24 i think yeah he's still he's still pretty young um he went in the third round back in 2020 and he was a heck of a disappointment last year he did not do what i thought he was going to do especially after rugs left the offense and is in jail um but oh my gosh he's he, only 23 Rip. yeah yeah i he's was young. shocked um that he he didn't do more than more than he did um, his ADP currently is just, it's nothing, man. It's 213. He's going, again, back into the 18th round, wide receiver 96. He, But, you know, it actually was a blessing in disguise when it comes to fantasy production for this guy going to the Falcons. Obviously a much less capable offense in the passing game, but heck, for now, so much less competition. Kyle Pitts, yeah. Corderell, okay. But, uh, I mean, really, who who is there outside of I mean, Brian it, Edwards? And, uh, Drake London. Drake London exactly. is there, obviously. But so, if you were to tell me that, that Brian Edwards was the wide receiver, too, with an elite quarterback three years from now, that would not surprise me. He will be 25, 26 years old, and yeah. if they end up being as yeah. bad as everybody thinks they are and get an elite-level quarterback, then they have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and then if they if they – Keep Brian Edwards and he's there. Yep, Why does he have option? I mean, yeah. he he's got the body type for it too. He's six three, two twelve, very long wingspan. Uh, he's he was everything that I loved about a receiver last year, and I just wanted him to do well. And really, I mean, compared to twenty twenty, he played sixteen games last year in twenty twenty one, and he did have a little bit of an uptake in production: five hundred and seventy yards. 847 air yards, three touchdowns, but you know that's that's not going to do it for you. You're you're never starting the guy, ever, um, like last year. But you know there there could be a point where you know again if you want to swing if you want to take a swing on this guy, go for it because there's not really much in his way. I mean, imagine teams guarding w- with an elite quarterback. Imagine teams guarding Kyle Pitts at six six, Drake London at six four, and Brian Edwards at six three. That is that is stupid. Yeah. That's a stacked lineup in terms Absolutely. of size. I, I could definitely see the appeal of Kim keeping Brian Edwards around on a cheap deal and elevating him to a wide receiver two position, like I said, when they have a better quarterback than Mariota. But until then, I mean, he's, like I said, getting him in the 24th, 25th round, I mean, why isn't he a good stash? I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's perfect. Yeah, we've, we've seen the promise in him before. He's flashed. Yeah, yeah. and he's I, he has good college experience. He played in the SEC at South Carolina, so, you know, going against the best. So it's it's in him. I still think it's in him. I'm not as high on him as I used to be because I was really disappointed. But, I mean, we saw even the first game of the season, he had an incredible clutch catch down the sideline. Um, what, was it in overtime to help him get down uh, the field? Was that and against the, the Ravens It was game? against the Ravens the, on Yeah, that Monday was night. week one. That was, game was crazy. It yeah. was insane. I, was that the one where Peyton Manning was like, where he guessed the record yeah, on the first yeah, throw of the game? Yep, and he said was. like, <laughs> six and 11. Six and 11, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was the Peyton, man. He is the GOAT. All right. McAfee said, I put yeah, money on made, that. They yeah. made the playoffs. Yeah, they did. And, yeah. Nah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. That, that, was, um, that was too close yeah. to Anyways. Yeah. I like Brian Edwards, too. And, man, that's yeah. a, I think it's a good pick. Simon, who you got? Moving on. We're going to play a little game here. And uh, the listeners are going to try to guess who I'm talking about. Can I try to guess? I think you know who it okay. is. Oh, right, yeah, right, probably. Um, so in 2020, at his school, he put up 1,020 1, yards, right? Seven touchdowns, 20% target share. Then he comes to the NFL. He's drafted in the third round. Didn't do much last year. Now he's in the most wide-open wide receiver room in the NFL. His only competition being an undrafted wide receiver and a wide receiver out of an FCS school. He has 
put up at Clemson 1,000 yards. A very good school with good competition. So I think Amari Rodgers has as good a chance as anyone, anyone in that Packers wide receiver room, to become Aaron Rodgers' wide receiver one. Wow, Rodgers to Rodgers. I will exactly. say I could not guess who you're talking about there. So that, that is a very compelling argument. I was very attracted to what you were saying. I was like, wow, that sounds like a good player. He's, yeah, he's only 22 years old. He'll be 23 this season. He was a third-round draft pick last year. And, and we know, and we talk about it all the time, everyone talks about it, how Rodgers treats his receivers before he has established a re- relationship with them. And Amari Rodgers was in the doghouse. He didn't get anything last year. Guess what? He's like the second-longest-tenured receiver in that room now. And he's like at the door of the doghouse now. He's like about to get out. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he has a really good chance. And... People might say, you know, he was a bad receiver and he only looked good because he had Trevor Lawrence throwing to him. You know who's better than Trevor Lawrence? Aaron Rodgers? Slightly. Just just maybe just slightly. It's Are not you like sure? he was not the two-time MVP. But Aaron Rodgers is like QB 18 in Dynasty. Um, but he's I old. really think w- with a wide-open wide receiver room, Amari Rodgers could be elevated by the legend that is Aaron Rodgers, and you could see him. I'm not saying he'll put up 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. He's not going to replace Devontae Adams. But if you see Amari Rodgers put up seven or 800 yards and five or six touchdowns, you are st- uh, you are so pleased with him that's, going as wide that's receiver. That's third spot flexible. Yeah. He's going at 236 overall right now. That is insane. You know what I like about Amari Rodgers is he's young. He's not a bad receiver like Lazard is. And you're you're right. Aaron Rodgers can make anybody, but the problem is people want to take these receivers who we already know are bad and say, okay, this is these are the guys that are going to be you know good assets in dynasty. Well, maybe they're good assets in redraft. But with Amari Rodgers, you have a guy with decent draft capital, decent talent, yep. and with an elite quarterback. So I, yeah. I like taking a shot on a guy like that in an offense like that compared to guys that I know are not going to be good wide receivers, even if they are productive this year. Yeah, good call. I I think. Amari Rogers, personally, I think he has as good a chance as Lazard does to be the lead receiver in Green Bay. I just talk about Lazard the most because he's going earlier than Rogers is because of his age and because of his experience. And if I were to bet who's going to be the lead one, I, I would probably go Lazard just because of the years. But again, usually when I'm going Lazard, I'm taking Amari Rogers later too. I'm doing everything yeah, I can to get not? both of them. Yeah. Take Randall Cobb. Why not? And also Lizard. I mean, we call him Lizard, and that's more fun to say. But so we just we <laughs> talk about him for that. No, reason. I my whole thing with him was kind of if Trevor Lawrence was able to elevate him, why can't Aaron Rodgers? It's a wide open room. Yeah. Go out and wide oh open. God. I honestly, I think that might be the best buy in this whole episode. That was very well presented. I like that a lot. Well done. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna go buy Amari Rodgers now. Somebody here, you take my fourth round pick. Um. All right, this is my last guy. So this is a guy that we've talked about quite a bit because we were fortunate enough to go to the NFL Combine and actually watch the tight end group there. Uh, and th- there were two guys that really stood out to us, the first of which was Trey McBride, who I ne- can't necessarily say is a sleeper at this point. I mean, I think he's pretty widely regarded as the tight end one in this class. He's being drafted as such. He's behind Zach Ertz, and I think it's pretty clear when Zach Ertz retires that he'll step into that role. The second guy that we noticed that was just all around solid, great hands, great size, Great red zone capability. Great hair. Great hair. He looked like Aquaman. Yeah. Like Jason. I mean, Momoa I'm looking at a picture field. of Greg Dulcich right now, and I, I'm just like, how do I how do I grow my hair like this? At 6'4, 245. He actually had a fairly good season on a not so I guess decent, although they were decent last year. UCLA team. He had 725 yards. Um, 42 receptions for an average of 17 yards per catch, and he had five touchdowns on top of that. Here's the main thing with with Greg Dulcich, though, because I could go through and I could tell you, you know, this and that, and where he's being drafted. He's being he's tied in 21, which isn't that bad, but in dynasty, I mean, anything past tied in like 14 or 15, you get into like meh range. And he's going to tied in 21. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and here's the problem, and I'm going to tell you exactly where this person is going. But my main problem with Greg Dulcich is that Alberto is going six spots ahead of him. Here's the the thing. Alberto's not a good tight end. He's just not. I can't say his last name, but I know it well enough to know that he is not better than Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich is a better all-around talent. He's going to, in my opinion, have a better NFL career. It's only a matter of time until he wins that tight end job in Denver with an elite quarterback in Russell Wilson, and he is the starting wide receiver. He is only 22 years old, and in a tight end premium league, like we play in, like our leagues are, 
we are absolutely going to look for somebody with that upside. And really, there are only one or two guys. You, we would say Jelani. I probably wouldn't say Jelani, but I would say Dulcich and McBride are the guys in this class, tight end wise, where I'm yeah. like, they actually have potential to end up being like elite level tight no, ends. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I really like yep. the way Dulcich playing plays. Watching his he, his film from UCLA, he was their primary weapon. I mean, obviously, out of I mean, like it, and I've got you know Chardonnay and. I don't. They not a ton of good receivers there at, at UCLA. Well, but, and well, like they, I said, they do. But not. I was wrong in saying primary weapon. But he was. was a very, he, he was. I don't a, think he was their primary weapon. No. Um, he was a immediate weapon. Like he was one of their primary options. He's, That's what I should he have can, said. He could play the same role in the NFL. And like I said, I think I think you know talent wise from a talent standpoint. Uh, there's not really a ton that puts Alberto over Greg Dulcich. I think it's only a matter of time before Greg Dulcich starts for the Denver Broncos, is tied to Russell Wilson, and is producing at a rate where, you know, like I said, he could be a very, very productive NFL tight end and a dynasty tight end. And like I said, he's 22 and he's being drafted as, you know, tight end 21 and in the later rounds of all the startups. I mean, obviously people like putting them on the, on their uh, taxi squad. Um, and he's got some things to improve on. I think I think route running is something that I noticed that he needs to improve on a little bit. But like I said, his hands are uh, fantastic. I think another thing I noticed. Tried and true. I think another thing I noticed at the combine is his blocking. I think his blocking was a little bit suspect when they were doing those drills uh, compared to some of the bigger other yeah. other guys. And he's got the size. I just think he needs to build up some strength because um, I just I just remember him. And you know, obviously blocking is a big deal to especially NFL teams like the Broncos, who you know are going to run the ball with a committee backfield like that. It's a big. I mean, it's a big deal to at least get them on the field, and they can't. You know, they yeah. can't produce in dynasty if they're not producing on the field, and obviously they can't do that if they don't block. Yeah. So remember McBride doing the blocking drill. It was stupid. He like <laughs> disintegrated the yeah, picked it up and sled. threw it. Yeah. Yeah. It you'll was, you'll get a kick out of this too on player profiler. The best comparison uh, for Greg Gul- Greg Dul- Dulcich is Kobe Fleener. <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't see that at all. Actually, no, I don't either. And we we saw our fair share of Fleener. Yeah, it was a few years. I think Golsich is a better talent for sure. Don't they just do that based on, I mean, like their workout analytics their metrics? Hair. No, I think that's yeah, the only no, way. They, yeah, you're yeah. you're right. And size, size has a lot to do with it as well. So, so I think he was only a what a red shirt sophomore last year. So, so I mean, like I said, who Golsich. Golsich. Oh, I think he's only a redshirt red sophomore. So he like, wasn't redshirted. He he played he one on. game in eighteen, yeah. five games in nineteen, and then seven. And then but he 12. transferred, didn't he? So he got a redshirt because of that. No, no he, he played at UCLA, UCLA all four years. years. I think he was a walk-on. Huh? I thought he redshirted. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's a good call. Uh, he's actually it's it's interesting. He did go. Uh, he's kind of one of those guys in the draft who's being valued. Higher than tight ends that went ahead of him, specifically Jelani. Yeah, he re- he redshirted UCLA. That's probably oh cool. He's probably uh, I I'd be okay with that. I'm a little bit more understanding just when it comes to um, Russ being able to get the ball to him. Him probably producing over uh, Albert O. Maybe not this year, but at least in the future. Yeah, he, absolutely, he's in a great position. Long term, give me Greg Dulcich over Albert O. All day, every day. Yeah. So I like Greg Dulcich in Dynasty, especially. So, all right, Nathan, let's hear your last guy. All right, well, I'm going to stay in the tight end room, and I'm going to talk about Brevin Jordan. Love it. Who last year actually we started noticing Brevin Jordan last season at the end of the season, and we were like, you know, who is there? in Houston. What what tight ends exist? And then we were like, oh, there are no tight ends Zero that exist. Tight end. Brevin Jordan in, exists. In Houston. Brevin Jordan exists. Uh, he went the fifth round, came out of Miami. He's 22 years old, uh, 6'3", 245. And he, for uh, all things considered last year, he, he was not bad especially towards the end of the year he started playing a lot more it, it was um it was nice to see a fifth round tight end actually get some consistent playing time towards the the latter half of the season um that you don't you don't see that very often um we you know seeing like Granson for for us who went in the fourth round last year he was barely on the field ever he, he was he was rostered but you just with first year tight ends that aren't taken in the first and second round you just you don't see that. So uh, we, we really love his situation in Houston because, again, tight ends, kind of like running backs, seem to transcend the offensive suckiness 
um, or situation that they're in. And Brevin is in a great situation, in my opinion. Um, Davis Mills, for all we know, is probably going to be the quarterback for Houston for the foreseeable future this year. And then if they suck, as we expect, they'll probably go a QB the next in 2023 in the first round. But this season, man, I Mills, what's he going to do? Check it down to Brevin and then throw it to Cooks because Cooks is the best receiver there. Mechie, um, all our prayers to him. He has mm-hmm. leukemia. He's not playing this season. So yeah. really, what, what do they have? Um, it, I, I love, I, I love Brevin this year. Uh, not to make me d- overdraft him or draft him higher than he should be going again. This is still, in my opinion, I still think this is a long shot. I don't have him valued very highly in our dynasty rankings just because long-term, uh, I don't see him being a super valuable asset that goes off and stuff though i do believe he could get a few few ticks up in our in our rankings on tight ends after this season yeah i mean he's got the size i i I almost wish you know for the sake of the the weapons on the texans i almost wish they davis mills didn't do well last year and they had just sucked and they had gotten but i mean even i guess even then though there weren't a ton of elite quarterback like prospect options you know in this year's class so i guess what i hope for them this year is that they can get uh, an elite level prospect next year at quarterback and you know, maybe an elite level wide receiver prospect as well to pair with Brevin Jordan. I think that's somebody they keep there cheap for a long term. And if they get somebody in there that's capable of throwing the ball, I do think he has a lot of upside. Yeah. So, so what happens with Davis Mills if that does happen? I don't because know. If he plays decently this year, he's got to have a chance somewhere, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think I, I think my oh. long term, you know, outlook on Davis Mills is he'll end up being a really, really good backup QB somewhere. I, I, yeah. I don't see it like starter wise. Good call. Yeah. I, and I think some people do. I think some people claim he's overvalued. And as a starting yeah. QB this year, yeah, probably overvalued. You know, because yeah. you can you can start him in a super flex. But you know, I I just I do think that he's probably not their long term future. And for me, with teams like that, it, it it's almost better for me to just say I would rather just take the year and suck and then go get you know uh, an elite level wide or quarterback prospect. Now that said, the Texans have managed to suck every single year and still somehow do not have a quarterback after Deshaun Watson. So, you know, with the Texans, you never know because they have constantly been prone to suck at everything they do. So, and I don't honestly like the Texans, so I, I guess I don't really care. But for Brevin Jordan's sake, I do hope he gets an elite level quarterback yeah. in there. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like that pick too. I think Brevin Jordan's a, a, a nice one there. There's a lot of people that they're like have this weird like cultish following for Brevin Jordan in Dynasty. Yeah, it, yeah, there's like yeah. a group of them. It's yeah, weird. It's, it's funny to look at his game log just seeing, you know, his... Uh, you can tell the quarterback play is at, at the very least semi-questionable because, I mean, his yards per target <laughs> are as low as like 1.75 yes. and like 2.3 and he's still putting up 11, 12, 13 points as his ceiling. And then he goes from that low to as high as like 14 yards per target. It's like, what the heck is happening here? And you're like, well, those were the weeks that uh, Davis Mills was on. And he showed, I, I, he showed seven, seven targets one week um, against Seattle. So he, as a rookie tight end going in the fifth round, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I, I like that one a lot. All right, so I'm going to wrap us up here. Who's your last guy? All right. This is a guy. Honestly, I don't think he's stellar at anything. And I just got to start by saying that. But, he has one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think even as a third option for Justin Herbert, Josh Palmer has an opportunity to be a good bench option in Dynasty and really gain some value. He was he, in college. He wasn't stellar or anything. His workout metrics, not stellar. Last year, just average. Average at best. But when Justin Herbert is throwing you the ball and Justin Herbert is throwing the ball 45 times in a game, those targets... A 15% share of those 45 targets could go to Josh Palmer, and he's he's a pretty good flex option. If he takes a step up at all, you could see Josh Palmer being a low-end wide receiver, even low-end wide receiver four. And we're talking about sleepers here, so you have to be okay with that. But he's going at 146 right now. 146, and, I mean, what is that? Wide receiver 70, 76 on player p- profiler. So... I'm any anything in that range where he has a chance to finish. Let's say Mike Evans or Keenan Allen goes down. Who's their wide receiver too? It's Josh Palmer. 
Yep. If either one of them goes down. Yeah. So, um, I right now in this in this case, I'm just trusting Justin Herbert to elevate his receivers. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of age, like it's dynasty. He's young. Yeah, he's not he's old. Twenty two. Uh, he's going in a good spot to be a sleeper in the drafts. And honestly, with Herbie, anything's possible in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I think I think this was a guy that was getting a little bit too much love at the beginning of the offseason. I agree. And now people have kind of settled in, and even given people like Jared Gerald Everett, who I think will you know at least produce some, yeah, a little bit more credit in that offense, and and realize the value of Williams and Allen and Eckler. In that offense too. But I mean, guys, ten years ago, if a rookie receiver came out on forty nine targets and put up three hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns, we'd be like, man, this guy, he he's really got something. Now do nine hundred yards. Yeah, Devonte Smith tweet. Yep. Um, but no, really, three hundred and fifty yards behind two amazing wide receivers like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and honestly, the wide receiver three there last year, Austin Eckler, with what like. 80 targets himself. He's probably still the wide receiver three this year. Yeah, I mean, but Josh Palmer has, sure. he has old guys ahead of him, and he has and an opportunity. Keenan Allen's not going to be there forever. So yeah, you think in long, absolutely. long term, like, I mean, Keenan Allen's 30. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Mike Williams will stay and be the wide receiver one there. Um, you could pa- draft pass, someone. Pass who Keenan knows? Allen, maybe that, that switch happens this year. But, I mean, honestly, you know, with Herbie being able to support both of those guys as wide receiver ones, obviously the, the one concern you have from a production standpoint in the next two years is that the target share is extremely concentrated uh, between yeah. the three guys of Williams, Allen, and Eckler. Yeah. With that being said, I mean, like I said, uh, Allen is 30. Eckler's 27. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's these and Herbie is 24. And he's going to be there forever. And or at least he should be. Oh, please, he's going to be there forever. Um, those weapons are going to be filtered out one way or another. And Josh Palmer, if he shows that he has the skills, if he shows that he has the intangibles that the NFL teams are looking for to put to pair with an elite quarterback, he could easily be a guy that's elevated into one of those wide receiver one, wide receiver two positions, playing yep. with, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL yep. in Justin Herbert. Yep, and and we saw a sample of this last year, a very small sample, but. Enough that it's incredibly intriguing. I mean, as a as a first year um, receiver last year, his his snap percentage was sub fifty all season until come week fourteen, Keenan Allen misses out on a game, and then his snap percentage goes up to eighty seven percent. He gets seven targets and a touchdown, sixty six receiving yards, and seventeen fantasy points, and then. He has a down week because Allen and Williams are back together again, and then Mike Williams is out week 16, and he puts up another 15, and his snap percentage goes up to 97%. That's two games at the end of the season. That's when he started to show a little life and a little bit of promise as a rookie, but that's enough for us to be intrigued in the late rounds in a dynasty startup. Yeah, and like I said, I think I think the splits with with either one of Allen or Williams is key, and like I said, once they start filtering through those weapons – in LA, like I think you could see some serious potential for them, or for for Josh Palmer to take a step up, and we yeah we were kind of on that one at the beginning of the offseason. Yeah, too, yeah. I think. and I think that was in our second episode that we brought that one up. Yeah, yeah, and I think for some of these sleepers that we've talked about, they do have a point or a ceiling where we're like, yeah, they they can't go any higher than this. There may be more of a short term sleeper in Dynasty, and I think he but has Josh Palmer. In my opinion, I think he could actually go. He he could he could get pretty high. What low end wide receiver two. Probably at most, in at my most, opinion, but yeah. but that's pretty high compared to where he's going now. No, it is. It is. Allen is Allen is older. He's he is under contract for a while still, but I do expect his production to decline eventually. Yeah, and, um, and we'll see because I mean, like I said, with Josh Palmer, you've got a lot of time. Yeah. And so I, I yep. honestly I like that one. I like anybody on the Chargers. I like anybody at Justin Herbert's giving the ball. That is, you know, they've got you know some dynasty potential. So. All right, those nine guys. Uh, I actually kind of like that. So obviously, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be rookies, and in, in, in dynasty and redraft, there are going to be tons of sleepers past AD, like one even one sixty guys, like you know Jamison Crowder on the Bills, who I think will have a productive year, is not being hardly drafted like early at all. You know, it's it's completely different in dynasty because after the first year or two with these young prospects, you kind of know what you have for the most part. So guys like Brevin Jordan, who haven't, you know, Josh Palmer, who really haven't been given the opportunity, we can say, you know, I think we think these guys are sleepers that will surpass their ADP by by marginal or, or very large amounts, not marginal. Um, and you know, so with in dynasty, you you have to kind of tend towards the rookies, the guys who are being, you know, faded a little bit and going. Later in startup drafts, and but you they have the age going for them, and they have the situation going for them, and I think that's kind of where we gravitated on this one. So, 
uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, good time to be a Dynasty Domain fan. Uh, you should stay tuned. We'll be announcing next week even some more changes coming to Dynasty Domain, including some more content as we get closer to the season. By the way, training camp this week. All the all all of the teams are reporting to training camp. It is actually happening. Football is coming back, which is fantastic. I'm thrilled. Um, as training camp kicks off, we are looking to expand our content situation in any way we can. Uh, and we're going to be announcing some things on that next week. And I think you should see a Dynasty Domain YouTube page up and active very soon. So we're really, really excited uh, to do that, especially before we have, what, two weeks after this until Simon leaves us and goes to college. So yep. we have two more episodes. Boo. I know. Leaving again for Boo. like the third time. We'll well, be calling this, in though, but this time it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be permanent, and it, so we'll get Simon in. We're gonna keep try to keep our audio quality top notch. We've got a, I've got a plan for him, uh, but we like I said, two more with Simon um, here, and he'll be gone for the semester. He's he'll be studying at Purdue, which is a crappy university. Yep, it's From a good an school. Fan. I'm just kidding. It, yeah, it's a good. I have a Purdue degree, so I you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to defend Purdue to me. That's funny, but the irony, I, it, very ironic. That's hilarious. But we'll miss Simon. We're gonna we're gonna. Uh, Squeeze all the dynasty content we can out of him before he leaves, and uh, but like I said, good time to be a dynasty domain fan, and we'll tell you a lot about that next week. Yeah, and maybe wine. we're even bringing in some replacements, oh. some extra help. Maybe maybe we'll bring in maybe we'll bring on some extra DD man analysts. Can't ready, can't can't wait to ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. That soundbite will be in our new soundboard next week, and will be played on this podcast yep. every thirty seconds. Every thirty on the seconds. Dot. That yeah. is another big announcement. We are super glad you decided to join us. We hope that this was helpful in terms of, you know, identifying guys later in the drafts that you could be targeting. Uh, we like doing this. So if you like listening to us and you want to be able to communicate with us, we have a locals page. Uh, that's where we're doing our exclusive content. It's not super expensive. I always compare it to McChickens and it's about that price. And, um, you know, honestly, that's where we're going to be answering a lot of our questions, getting trade advice, giving our CRBST and our rankings for you to use in your Dynasty Leagues and give yourself a leg up. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we're on Twitter. You can follow us at The Dynasty Domain. Uh, we're going to be on YouTube. So like I said, keep an eye out for that. You can also join a league. You can visit DynastyDomain.com, get info on our leagues, get info on us, uh, and anything else Dynasty-related you might need to check out. As always, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening. This has been Dynasty Domain. Dynasty Domain.